Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we wanted to talk about the developer Clay. Clay has created several games that Brett and I love. So, Brett, uh, with Clay Entertainment, they've got several titles out there, uh, and I think you and I have both played a few of them. What yep. uh, What would you say your favorite one is? Oh, gotta go with favorite. I know, I know. Oh, I wanted to hit you with could, favorite. Could I go with like first. You were, yeah. Well, that's how we started a lot of the others. I'm trying <laughs> to keep fair. it fair. All right, keep it fresh for the listeners. Oh man, I uh, I'm really torn because I have been playing a lot of Oxygen Not Included lately. Um, but I probably like some total have sunk more hours into uh, Don't Starve Together. Mm. Like, I just think it's kind of hard to beat my record on that right now, especially because of all of the other distracting games that have come up that have kept me from playing Oxygen Not Included, although I still love it. I would have to say probably Don't Starve. Right, right. Um, I would probably agree with with that. Um, So real quick for the listeners, just to, to make sure we're all on the same page. Clay Entertainment has, like we said, several titles. Oxygen Not Included is, I think, the most recent one that's actually out. Yep. Uh, Then Invisible Ink, Don't Starve, and Don't Starve Together, which is the multiplayer version of that. Uh, Mark of the Ninja, Eats Munchies, which, and then there's an Eats Classic, which I think is like a platformer type of game. And then Shank and Shank 2, which I literally know nothing about and apparently wasn't willing to research before the show. So... Uh, <laughs> all these things happen, you know. Yeah, well, I would argue that at least for you and I, those games don't matter. Yep, uh, no, because we didn't play them. No. Uh, and I would also argue that for the world at large, they kind of don't matter because I've never heard of them. Until I mean, it's hard. Page. There's uh, indie studios kind of go in one of two directions: either they never release anything, and their first thing is like a breakout hit because like, Stardew like, Valley. Acts, like that was the exact example I was going to go mm-hmm. or they release a couple of games as they get started maybe some mobile titles or something and then have a big breakout hit that they really mm-hmm. push for um and I think Don't Starve well maybe not was it definitely wasn't their first big because Mark of the Ninja did pretty well but I think it definitely really put them on the map so yeah so I remember so I I remember Mark of the Ninja was out and I think I'd even played it, and I was reading an article about Don't Starve. I mean, this must have been like, I don't know, 2013, maybe? Something like that. But it was still in effectively early access, although I don't know that it was actually part of Steam early access, um, or if it was just like an alpha hosted by it, the company. Yeah, I don't you know? think it was a green light game. I don't I'm, think so. Yeah, I'm almost I'm, positive it was But they definitely were. They did do a lot of their own. I think they did their own early alpha, because I remember there being a bunch of stuff on their website about builds and stuff that you right. could get, be a part of. Well, and I remember when reading about it at the, you know, in the early stages of whatever, the article I was reading was about how as a developer, kind of a unique thing that they were doing was like really, really taking input and feedback from the players on on how the game should be designed. Oh, yeah. I remember, the, I, I don't think I, I, I think I got involved in like one decent discussion of back and forth, but I, I followed a number of them and there were deep discussions on like the mathematics behind things, like how long 
a cooked meat fills you up versus a raw meat and like what the percentage chance of getting sick what and like all of these but getting down into the like well if it's 0.01 this way or that way it causes these kind of cascading effects later in the game when like early game versus late game and that all these people that want it in the early game to be buffed don't realize that it the late game suffers because now it makes the late game too easy or something and like there were deep discussions and they took a lot of that feedback and, and applied it. They did. And I think, um, so don't starve for anyone who hasn't played it is, which we've talked about it on other episodes as well, I believe, but it's a game where it drops you into this world. That's a randomly generated world. Um, and the name says it all. Don't starve. Also don't go crazy and don't take too much health, you know, lose all your hit points and die. Don't freeze to death. Don't right. overheat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't starve is actually the first objective of the yeah. game. That That's the thing that you could fail at. Well, I guess being caught in the darkness. Which I was going to say quicker. nighttime was the first definite easy kill. That, you yeah. Know. I but actually, starvation is, is an early goal. But, um, but as far as survival games go, I mean, you know, people talk about a, a lot of different survival games there's a lot of one out there that are that are pretty popular uh the arc series is really popular right. subnautica minecraft gets thrown into that but i would eh, it's not really survival not really. game but whatever um i have in all of the survival games are hard i mean that's the whole point oh, yeah. of all of them it, i would argue though that don't starve is head and shoulders <laughs> more challenging than any of those other games and i think that a big part of that is because of the development cycle that we talked about, because the game, I'm trying. Sorry, I apologize for struggling to find my words, but it's <laughs> basically it's just that like the 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 way that in which the game is so difficult feels like what people who had played it for a thousand hours before it even came out would want. Like it's really complex yes. mechanics, and it's really really punishing. Like to your point. Because they're like, well, it makes the end game not fun. Well, I never have gotten to the end game <laughs> because yeah. it's too hard. I, I got to like the first and second versions of the end game. I haven't gotten to the end game since a little while after Giants, when the underground started being really developed heavily. That's when I stopped being able to get. Like, I've never fought the like mushroom toad boss. I've never fought the ancient mm -hmm. temple stuff. I've never gotten that far. But yeah, it's um it's a surprisingly challenging game and and it's a game where the thing in most survival games is that there's this this like when you start out you're scrambling to get established. And and maybe that takes a while, but eventually you get to a point where like you've got a food supply now and a, or a water supply or whatever you need and you've got a shelter and you've got a storage area for your stuff and there's just there's some sense of like of being stable. And then you go on to bigger and, and badder things. Don't Starve never lets you get that sense of stability. No, it just it, never provides it. it. There can be there can be moments where you think you have it, and that's when it's the most dangerous. Right, um, is when you think you're you're safe and stable. Now, of course, th uh, this would be probably for the average player. There are, of course, plenty of people out there who, you know, I can definitely get into a Don't Starve game and survive. You know, ten, fifteen nights, no problem. Um, you know, and even like first winter and stuff for me in solo play, at least it's giants that always ruin it for me. And, and there are certain or different characters. There are certain characters that I've come to like, 
understand the mechanics of to a point where I can feel more comfortable in that early game phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does come down to like if if you think that that's when you're most likely to get attacked by ice hounds or have lightning strike your base and set yeah. everything on fire. Well, like, you can you can never build a structure. Like you can build walls, but there's no roof, right? And even the stone walls that you can make can be destroyed by enemies pretty quickly. Yep. So there's not really a way to stay safe. And one of the mechanics of the game, at least I assume it's still there. I, I guess I don't know for certain anymore, but I would assume it is. Is that like every between it's like one and like three to seven days or something, dogs will randomly attack you. Yep. And then that, and so once that happens, it restarts that timer. And I don't know if it's three to seven, but it's some window it's of time like that. Like that. Yeah. And then it's randomized within that window when they'll show up. And at first it's one dog, and then it's two, and then it's four, and then it's five. And and it just slowly escalates, and eventually there's like 15 dogs. Yeah. And I don't actually know, like, that's that was the point where I always failed. Now that was before the Giants DLC. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the cave DLC, I, 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 I acted with caves and Don't Starve like I act with caves in real life. I looked at it, and I went, nope. I don't go in there. I don't go in there. I go all a lot of places. That's not one of the places I go, and I didn't go no, in there. I do that. I'm not doing that about that life. Oh, not about man. cave life. Yeah. There's. I think there's a few other things that, like, it's not just that the survival is hard. It's also that like, somewhat subversion of narrative. Like, mm-hmm. there's a few things that. So like, you can put almost kind of the only time that I would put Minecraft with it is just like at least in like older versions of Minecraft before they included mods like Craft Guide as part of just the core game. Like Don't Starve doesn't give you recipes. It doesn't give you uh <laughs> like a a manual. You don't know what anything in the game is or does until you interact with it or examine it. And those are the two things that it's it's almost has that classic point and click adventure feel mm-hmm. in a real time game. Like you can only inspect or use and those are the two functions that you have as a character and you can do that with everything and using those two tools only you have to learn all of the mechanics of the game but yeah just like no no remorse it doesn't give you any instructions at all and i think that that combined with the very kind of cute art style at first but also like that cute art style gives way to like shadow demons and weird. Cre- There's a, a level of creepiness that yes. I didn't think that you could get out of like what looks kind of like sketch art. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. The um, the art style is, I mean, for me, probably the thing that hooked me to it first, uh, followed immediately and very closely by the sound design. The sound design is maybe my favorite I, I don't know that's a hard stretch to say it's my favorite in any game because there's so many games but it's it's really one of good. best in class it's yeah yes. it's one of the one of the top of all time and it, it's for again for those of you who haven't played all of the characters voices are just musical instruments so but each one is like fitting yes. like the muscly character is like a deep bassy oboe Mm-hmm. and and they're all like kind of in between it is all instruments but it also gives that kind of like charlie brown's mom feel you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and they like have emotion 
Like yeah. there's <laughs> there's scared comments and excited comments, but it's just like is excited and rawr, 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 is kind of you know angsty, <laughs> right? And it's like it's so good, it's so well designed. Yes, and when the characters walk, they kind of like have a little hop to their step as they go around, and yep. Um, I don't know. There's something that's very dare I say cathartic about just like running around and like picking berries and like, that's actually one of the things about the game that, and you, to be clear, you can adjust all of the settings however you want. So you could make the game as easy as you wanted to in creating a session. Um, but I always struggle to do that cause I feel like I'm, I'm cheating or something, yeah. but it's like, I almost do wish that if I, that you could just like run around and pick stuff up for hours and not, not be killed by everything in the game yeah. again i don't actually i, I get that but fun, i mean i but... I'll, I'll admit i have not beaten the single player mode and i only know physically of one person who's gotten close i don't know anybody that's actually beaten it and we're the talking player... all the way through to the end so the single player mode beating i'm using air quotes uh finish path or whatever that i know of is from before the expansions and that was Basically, there's like a portal that you have to get access to. And then when you go through that, it puts you in a whole new world. Correct. And there's basically like five worlds. Yeah. And there's like seven or eight choices. So it randomizes which five you see. And then if you can complete all five, then you see Maxwell ending or whatever. Yes. Right. That would be correct. Okay. That is Um, what constitutes beating the game. But to be clear... Whenever you go to the new, whenever you jump through the portal, you don't take your base with you. I mean, no, you might you be get, able to put your stuff in and your And in inventory. fact, you don't take your whole inventory with you. You get, I believe, six or nine slots Wow! in the portal that you can select up to full stacks of things. And there's a couple of things you can do, like you can put things in like a bag or something, but you only get like one of those that are that you can put in there. And yeah, you get to choose six items to go with you. And one of the worlds is always the world of infinite darkness. Now, I know one of them is always winter also. Yes, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those are the same world. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's like the second it's like the second to last world is always mm-hmm. or the last world is always Well, infinite and dark. you you also um you also play as different characters yeah. in that because I know like I think it's the winter one or maybe it's the night one you play as like the weather bottom or whatever the teacher lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has like, I think extra I think if you're tech. doing a playthrough. I think you. I don't know that your character switches when you go through the portal. I think you get the same character all the way through because each of them have a different ending. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that there are that could be some of the ways to unlock certain characters. Maybe right to get to certain worlds. And again, to to be fair, that the the version that I'm talking about is years old. I mean, they came right, out with the same. Caves expansion and the Reign of Giants. And honestly, after that, they did Shipwrecked. Yes, and all then... they helped do Shipwrecked. It was actually done by a separate company. Really? Yes, and that's the reason why, because uh, there was originally plans for Shipwrecked to be tied into the normal game. Where yeah. you could then go in and be on the oceans and come back to your world just the way Caves was. Um, but no, Shipwrecked was, and that's why it, development got stopped on it, is it was, um, uh, it was basically licensed by Clay. Um, oh. And developed by, I, I, I'm, I'm like 90... I mean, it's it's probably fair, um, but yeah. The either way, the the ship direct expansion introduces islands and like boats and stuff, and you can 
there, there's different creatures. It's a different biome that the world that you're in. Um, and then there's another one that they just released. It's like a, I don't know, standalone expansion of some sort or something. Ah, uh, that's the the kind of steampunky one with the pigs getting all like smart and stuff. Actually, no, you're right. That one's called like Hamlet. Hamlet, yes. Yeah, but there's there's actually another one. I'm actually just looking in my Steam library right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Because <laughs> I, I know there's another one that that had just come out that's in some way tied to to Don't Starve. I mean, excuse me, to Shipwrecked. Um, let's see. Yeah, Shipwrecked was co-developed by Super Time Force Studio Capybara Games. Huh, okay. Yeah, and then development ceased at some point. I don't remember exactly why. Fair enough. And yeah, actually, now that I go here, I'm not seeing it, but I could have sworn I saw one just the other day that was... It could have like, been like an expansion. Of they the are coming or, or something like Cause that. Because they name a lot of their expansions really interesting things too or just their patches rather are basically expansions like that's the, what it is like the the caves expansion was just a patch and that was really one of the nice things that was one of the kind of early access done right sort of things is that don't starve got you don't starve together uh, i think reign of giants was actual dlc but if you got the original don't starve you got don't starve together yes. for free when they released it Yes. Um, but there were a lot of other updates that were 100% free that added just huge swaths of content to the game. So there's, it's called it's called Return of Them. Don't Starve Together, Return of Them, Turn of Tides. I think what it is maybe is it's like a, a version of Shipwrecked for Don't Starve Together. Oh, wow. It's like a multiplayer version of that. Because Shipwrecked was really good too. That was, it was hard. It was a it, it, <laughs> totally different well, and I guess at the core, it's the the fact that not only do you like not know what to do because there's no instruction manual, but they are some of the kings of like um, like euphemistic language in names and portmanteaus of creatures. Like everything is a pun or some silly mixing of two creatures together like the dragonfly is a fly the size of a dragon right with itty bitty dragon fire. wings that breathes fire yes and right. then sucks up ashes <laughs> and like and what's the what's the goose moose one the, uh the like winter the... it's the winter giant that's like a giant oh, canadian mm. goose with a moose head or something and it honks <laughs> so good and but yeah the but with that comes like and the pengulls which were like half penguin half seagull right mm. and like but because of that you don't have a manual and it's a it's not like a normal thing that you see in like like arc for instance you kind of have some pieces of like i understand what this item is going to do because it's an axe right mm -hmm. but when it's just the red power rod like that doesn't give you anything that mm -hmm. doesn't say if it's going to do damage, if it's going to like, what is it? What is it? How does it function? You don't know. And until you try to use it on something and then you set your whole base on fire. I definitely never did that. Right. Well, and the, <laughs> that's the thing I, so I built 
uh, stone walls thinking that they would prevent the hounds and then got fire hounds and then one of those died and then that blew up. Oh, they always explode into fire too. It's so bad. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, like, I will say to be fair to it, um, and to be, to be honest about my own feelings on it, like as much as I love everything that they've done and as much as I respect to some extent, I guess, their unapologetic approach to, to difficulty. It also is, for me personally, almost goes into the side of being a little too hard. Um, yeah, like the red power rod you just mentioned. Well, the way you get that is there's, I, I mean, I think it's just a stick probably, but then you have to find a red gem, yep. which only spawn in the graveyard. Or I think maybe the Pig King has a chance to give them to uh, you. Yeah, I think the Pig King can give them to you. Or in a cave. But there are limited amounts of graves yeah. and limited amounts of gifts to give to the Pig King, which will result in that. And every item in the game breaks with use. Right. So it would take you... It could be a pretty big adventure if you set out to try and craft yourself one of these fire wands. And then you get to use it like... I mean... I would be surprised if it has 20 uses. Right. Like, you probably don't even get that, and then it's gone. And now, if you want another one, uh, you might have to re-roll the world, which you can do. You can take your character and regen a new world. There are things, like, caves introduced a way for a lot of those items to be infinite, like, to be Mm. remade. Like, because there are other, like, cave quakes, which will cause rocks and gems and stuff to fall from the ceiling, I see. Um, but they're really rare, and they also cause a lot of other issues. And there are like, God, I don't remember. There are these like slug, snail, turtle things that will eat a bunch of the rocks and stuff. Um, and but like, if you can kill them and get their shells without breaking them, you can like make a bunch of really good gear. It's been we're getting into area where like I just don't remember like the name of it's like Slurtles. I think they're Slurtles. Mm. They're half turtle, half slug. <laughs> and <laughs> ew <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um so yeah i don't know i but think it is I... no okay. go ahead i was just gonna say i think that it's it's still it's still a game that i will always remember i mean i've played i don't know <laughs> i mean my steam library alone has a thousand games in it and it's not like that's when i started playing games so right. the amount of games that i've seen in my life i'm sure i've forgotten plenty yeah um and i think don't starve is one that will no matter what, always resonate because the art style, the sound design, and just the the sheer difficulty of it is just kind of unmatched by anything else that I've ever really played. It was also one of the first games that I couldn't recover my save. Like, I remember very vividly, like, not my first death, but probably like once I kind of understood the game, like the first time that I hit day 30. And that was a huge Mm -hmm. undertaking. Like, getting to day 30 was an extreme success. Yeah, because what are the seasons, 10 days or or something? 10 or 15, something like that. I think I just survived winter or something um, before Reign of Giants, because that made single-player survival way harder. But but it was still hard, and and I had survived, and I had a base set up, and I died to something really stupid. I don't even remember what. And I remember as quickly as possible, like as soon as my last hit got taken and my character was like, and like (laughs) grabbed their chest, I alt F4'd that son of a gun so fast. And I like 
you know, forced closed on everything and went digging into my app data folders and like made a copy of the save and like, ha, I've got it, you know, and then reloaded up and it just shows my character died at 31 days. <laughs> and it like even I cut the death animation off like as soon as it happened and I still registered as never playable again. Couldn't yeah, that's something it. I realized that we didn't actually explain explicitly. Uh and that is that the reason that this game is so hard is not just because, you know, you die a lot and it's tough to make progress. When you die, that's it. The world is over. The game, it's over. It's gone. The character's gone. That that version, because again, it's a random seed. That's gone. Everything. Yeah. And so that's why the ending that we described, where you go through five different worlds <laughs> after that, is doubly insane because you can't die in any of those either. One death start all over. Right. Now I do think it might be true that if you get into the five worlds thing that if you die you might just you might be able to just start back over at the beginning of the five worlds? No. Yeah, no. I'm pretty okay. sure that's not true. There are okay. a couple of ways so there's an amulet that can keep you from dying. Yes. And you can make a resurrection totem. But yep. that resurrection totem is an expensive endeavor to make and only certain characters can make it unless you allow yourself to go crazy and to where rabbits turn into like the furry black monster things because mm. you need beard hair to make the totem. And the, if you don't grow a beard, the only source of a beard is or beard fur is by literally waiting until you're crazy and the world starts looking different and then killing creatures there to collect the beard fur. So completely random thought, but. It just made me think of it when you said rabbits. So one of the most common ways to get food so you don't starve and don't starve is to trap rabbits. And there's little holes in the ground and little bunnies come out of them in the morning. And then at dusk, the bunnies run back in and go back into their holes. The way I have exclusively trapped rabbits the entire time I've played Don't Starve is by setting a trap pretty much over their hole. Mm -hmm. Now... It, you technically can't put it right over it. You put it on one of the four sides of it, if yeah. you will. Um, and if it's daytime, sometimes I'll get froggy and chase a rabbit into said trap, yeah. right? You can also do the same thing with frogs, which is which is nice. You can trap the frogs because they actually fight you, unlike the rabbits. And but every time they hit you, they knock items out of your inventory. Yes. Um, I should also mention it's not possible to catch a rabbit other than trapping. Right. You can't no, run you one can't down. There's joke. no ranged attack you can hit them with. Um, I watched a YouTube video of a guy the other day playing it and he just ran out and dropped a trap and dropped a carrot right under the yeah. trap. Yeah. You can immediately put berries in there too. Nine years. Or it hasn't been nine years. <laughs> I don't know how long it's been out, but however long, nothing. No, I never, <laughs> never had I done that. Cause to your point, there's no manual. Yeah. So when I figured out how to trap a rabbit, I, I mean, to be I fair, did. carrots are actually pretty valuable as a food source. Except so, I was playing the chick who could only eat meat. Oh. So then they're not as relevant. That's true. And you really need to catch rabbits quickly because you have to continually get food. And so knowing that trick, because you pick up carrots and it's just garbage inventory space. Right. Well, not if you understand how to hunt appropriately. So <laughs> should have paid more you attention to Bugs Bunny. do a similar thing with the um, the gobbler. The turkey mm. that'll eat berries off of bushes mm -hmm. uh, by dropping berries on the ground and taking a step away from it. And when it runs up to it, you can, in certain animations, you can stay next to the berries and attack it and, and get it. I think the only way I've ever killed a gobbler was by 
building like a fence and then and then running at it from the opposite angle so when it runs out of the bush it just oh, runs into the quarter of the it, fence yeah. and then I've got it trapped and then I could Granted that's it. how we killed most of the like cute adorable elephant critters that give you the the trunk that's necessary to create the winter coat <laughs> but it's like the most adorable helpful cute little elephant looking thing <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's an achievement that's like you monster when you kill one <laughs> like <laughs> But it's yeah. the only way yeah. to make the puffy coat. Yeah, I'm the monster. I'm yeah, the monster. Right. After you guys make this. I'm the, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm the monster. <laughs> well, and something that we've kind of lightly talked about, but I don't again, I don't know how explicit we've described it is that. So the character that you start the game with is Win Wilson. Wilson, and he's kind of as far as stats go, just like an average character. Right. And then, like Brett had mentioned, there's like the really strong guy. Or there's like a dude who has to chop wood constantly, or he turns into a werebeaver. Oh, the werebeaver is so good. It used to be really broken, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or like I mentioned, there's a character that can't, can only eat meat, that can't eat any, doesn't get nutrient from vegetables at all. Um, There's another character out now that is a chef, and that's one of the technologies you unlock, is the ability to get more advanced cooking equipment and excuse me, create more complicated meals that provide better nutrition or stats or whatever. Um, Well, there's one character that's a chef that every meal has to be cooked out of the crock pot, which is one of the more advanced cooking things, if not the most advanced. Um, So you have to cook all the meals out of a crock pot and the character (laughs) gets diminishing nutrition returns from meals that it's eaten within the last 1.75 days. (laughs) So... So if you, basically the way it ends so up working like is... So you can't eat the same thing twice in a row. Right. And and it, you know, by Googling, again, if you just played the game, though, without you know, oh, yeah. cheating like I do on the internet, I, I don't know how you would learn this, because it doesn't explain it anywhere. Right. Um, but the way, the way that people actually get around that is you can, there's some meals that actually give you two days worth of nutritional value, and so then you can cook that same meal, and as long as you only eat it, on the morning of the second or the third day every time or whatever, um, then you will you can get that full value and you're not having to run around trying to make all these different dishes. Still, so, those meals are not easy to make. Like the that's probably right. like the chili or the meat yep. stew and like the th- turkey dinner or whatever. I think it's just those two specifically. Oh, okay. Actually. Yeah. Those yep. are like two of the hardest meals to make in the game. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like cheating because I just always play as Weber which is like mm. the spider that swallowed a kid, but then the kid like <laughs> just took over the spider's body from the inside. So he's like half spider, half kid, but he can eat monster food, like regular food and spiders won't attack him first. Like if he attacks a spider, they'll still defend themselves, but they don't attack him first. He can plant uh, spider nests. So like mm. he starts with a spider nest in his inventory and can plant them. Um, and also grows a beard out of webs. So like, it's not, it doesn't take as long to grow as with Wilson's beard. I think it's like seven days. And when you shave it, you don't get as much. You get like five webs or something like that. But still silk is like kind of hard to come by if you're not friendly with spiders. Cause it's right. kind of a rare drop and he just gets it like all the time. So he can make umbrellas and fishing poles and a lot of that gear that's harder to make super easy. And he gets to eat monster food. So like I get, I always got around to the dogs early because I could plant two or three spider 
nests like in a triangle around my base Mm -hmm. and then the spiders just attack anything that tries to come after me and eventually one of them turns to a spider queen that also isn't going to aggro on me and so as long as i just don't piss off the spider queen i can kill a few spiders at a time have infinite food and the spiders will protect me for dogs because if the dogs attack then they're going to walk on the web and the spiders are going to come out and they're going to fight and even if the dogs win, they're going to kill like half the dogs, and I can use them to take the aggro, and I'll just whack them with a stick from behind. So, yeah, actually, that was one of the the strategies that I had tried one in one a couple of the games I'd played was um, tearing down the pig houses oh, yeah. and then rebuilding them next to my base, mm. so that way when the dogs come, the pigs will fight <laughs> can fight the yep. dogs for you. The only problem with the pigs is they go to sleep at night. That's true. That's true. Unless you like, you can befriend them, but then they can also get turn into were pigs, and were pigs are some nasty critters. That is that is true. Yes, I that <laughs> they <happen>. will wreck you. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yep. It's all bad. Uh... Um. So yeah. So another another game that is their most recent one that is uh pretty popular, and you've played quite a bit of it lately. Is Shit. Oxygen Not Included? Oh my god. So um, Oxygen Not Included is kind of a a base building i guess game you could call it um yeah. or colony simulation yeah, col- or colony like survival colony survival sim yeah it's like it's like what if fallout shelter was like a real game not just like a mobile <laughs> thing you it, know? I yeah mean, really. For, it really is it really is and and just i thought that the number of mechanics and little quirky things that were in don't starve after six years was a lot Granted, I didn't play Oxygen Not Included until full release, um, but oh my god, the amount of things going on in the... I don't know how they are tracking the number of things that are happening. Like, I feel like arrays don't cut it, and at some (laughs) point they've just created some new way of coding that allows for like 400 data points to be in like a single square, and that be in every square across a gigantic map being calculated every millisecond like it's ridiculous the amount of things that are being tracked in the background so so yeah so you start out with three duplicates that are like little clone people um and then over time you add more and more and kind of grow your your little colony or whatever and what's the what's the goal the goal is to launch a rocket ship um i actually so i haven't gotten into that's like the end game but i think there's not only is there a rocket ship but then you can travel to other planets like you're basically stuck in the middle of an asteroid and so you've got to get outside of your asteroid and launch a rocket ship and then there's like different like solar systems that you can spawn in and there's like a number of different planets that you can visit and get other rare resources and develop bases on to eventually get really top tier stuff that allows you to like survive indefinitely basically um wow yeah but i don't know that there's like an end like you launch into space and you win yeah i think it's i'm not sure there probably is there is a there is a lore and a story that you can uncover that i've gotten some snippets of that i haven't spoiled for myself yet surprisingly Mm. despite the number of videos on like how to build radiators and stuff that work I've watched. I somehow still haven't spoiled the story. Um, So I don't know. There might be an end, like, with that tied in somehow. Uh, I don't know, because I haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, so oxygen not included shares with Don't Starve, I would say, largely the visual aesthetic. I mean, it, it's different because it's it's you looking at a 2D base as opposed to you running around an, an overworld map yeah. like you do in, it's in a, Don't Starve. It's, it's along the lines of like a Terraria-style 2D, like right, down right. is deeper, up is closer to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but, but otherwise, I mean, the characters are very cute and all the little animations are hilarious and there's, oh my God, so I, good. I mean, the power generator is you make a hamster, at least the first <laughs> one is you make a hamster wheel and one of your clones just has to go and run in the wheel to generate power. Like that's pretty and, and a lot of the noises are, they're not all just instruments, but they mm-hmm. are still very similar to like when one gives one duplicate gives another one a thumbs up. They're like, ha <laughs> and it's just cutesy little noise. There's like, like they walk in the water and they're like, and right. So you just hear grumbles and squeaks and farts all over your base. Like, so the first thing, if I'm not mistaken, that you set up in oxygen, not included is a bathroom. Yes. Because the duplicates all have to urinate on a schedule. Uh huh. And if you don't, build a bathroom then they will urinate just where they stand mm-hmm. which is where they live in their base well and, and that's water in the world that can then it's polluted water and that will muck up it'll create polluted oxygen if it's not disposed i say it actually of. damages the air quality yeah it right? damages the air quality if it gets into other water it can spread food poisoning germs uh it can wreck a lot of things very quick and it just causes like negative morale if they walk through it or clean it or anything like they get negative there are so many little statistics on each duplicate as far as like their bladder fullness how many calories they've consumed that day how much rest they've gotten <laughs> like how much stress they have how much like positive feeling they have what well, and they all have they all have like different different traits if you will like some right. of them are are good at researching and some of them are flatulent and yep. so, something like there's all these some of them snore They're really loud narcoleptics and right but then there are also good traits like divers lungs that they just consume less air in general yeah like mm. that's that's one of the things like to to be clear like the amount of oxygen they inhale and the amount of co2 they exhale is tracked by the game and shown visually <laughs> like like and and gases work like co2 is heavier so it'll sink which means it'll sink down in the bottom of your base which means if they're trying to sleep there they can like suffocate while they're and asphyxiate while they're asleep and just die or they'll wake up a lot in the middle of the night and not get fully rested because they couldn't breathe i didn't know it actually tracked gas weights that's density yes. of gas that's crazy. yeah and then the, like the the real problems come in when like chlorine gas sits between car co2 and oxygen so it can end up in the middle of your base and then hydrogen is the lightest so it'll always float at the top and it, it can make those things difficult to to capture but it also gives you strategies for getting them too like and there are things that you can do like so co2 like nothing can survive in. So one of the things a lot of people do is build their fridge in a tunnel down, like dig a straight tunnel down in their base and put their fridge in it and wait for a bunch of CO2 to accumulate there. Cause then they can store food in it indefinitely and it won't go stale and it won't rot because no germs can live there. Mm. And so you can use those types of things to your advantage to like, Huh. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Heat, all, heat is tracked not just like by tile, but by item. 
So if somebody goes and digs out like a 200 degree piece of rock and brings it back to your base and drops it on a 70 degree piece of ground, it'll slowly heat up. Like the rock will cool down and the ground will heat up and the ground will, the heat will spread or in a storage locker, the heat will spread. And it's just the amount of, yeah. Consider what you're putting things next to. Right. Not even just where you're digging. Like, oh, I'm digging in a hot area. I need to cool this area down or my machines are all hot. So I need to insulate that. But like, if I'm bringing hot rocks home, it's going to heat up my base. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it's just amazing what, I don't know. It's it's amazing the the things that they, it's just the depth. Like, yes, it, it really is like, it is the the polar opposite of like a mile wide and an inch deep. It's like an inch wide and a mile deep. Because mm-hmm. there's like the game is not on its surface really all that complicated. But huh. then, well, like, because like your first couple of days aren't too difficult to get through. You have some food in, in storage. You build a bathroom. Everything's great. And then, you know, several in game days later, and you're trying to figure out if you need to build the pipes to your bathroom out of sandstone, granite, or copper, because you need to tell if, like, the the specific heat capacity or the thermal conductivity is something that you need to tackle now or later. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so it almost kind of has, I mean, to some extent, it probably... Obviously, you can look up guides and you can try and do optimized builds based on guides. But assuming that you're actually just playing on your own, um, kind of similar to Don't Starve, it it probably just has that characteristic where you you play through and eventually you hit something that you just didn't anticipate. Right. Yeah, and very much so. if you would have been aware of it at the beginning, you could have planned for it and it's not that big of a deal. But when you just don't know, you just don't know. It is 100% a game about planning. And it's and it's and I think that it's nice because it is that like playthrough to plan again. But I would say it's a lot more so than Don't Starve because you can build machines. Like, mm. so one of the things that you eventually need to deal with is managing the heat because your base is going to be constantly generating heat, either from power or just from your little guys consuming calories. They're going to, their warm bodies heat up the liquid that you're recovering from flushing toilets and washing sinks is going to be hotter than the water you're pumping out of the ground. And you have to start dealing with that. And like, you've got options. You can run it into a bunch of insulated pipes. So the heat doesn't spread in your base and then run those pipes into like metal pipes that are in a cold biome, right? Mm-hmm. And those metal pipes are going to radiate heat and the water's going to cool down and then it runs back into your base through insulated pipe, right? And you've built mm. a radiator. But that only lasts so long because you will melt the ice biome eventually. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything can melt or turn into a gas. Like the, Wow. If, like, if you want to process crude oil... You could process it through like a machine, or you could just heat it up where it is and boil it and separate the natural gas. <laughs> and like the wow. natural gas will float up into your base. So you have to like capture it and you have vacuum pumps to move gases and liquids and things around. But with those, you could start making machines that, you know, can you use the heat of your metal refining room to power a steam turbine right Mm -hmm. and can you move the hot water out and then cool it off somewhere else to water your plants with or something like so building these machines is part of that planning that like don't starve all of the machines and technology are like 
that item does all of its functions just as a single item. Like the Crock-Pot cooks food. That's all it does. Mm -hmm. And this, it's like, well, the Crock-Pot also generates heat that you could use to power this that changes something else into that and building these kind of incredible machine sort of things. I was going to say, so it's almost like a Rube Goldberg machine Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um... It's almost I don't I don't hear the games called like Don't Starve or this called rogue light games, but they kind of are because it is something that's designed that you like you said you play play to then plan a, a better play through the next time. Like you're I would constantly... say, Don't Starve is a lot more so than Oxygen on a Clue because at least in Don't Starve, the way you unlock a lot of heroes and characters is by making either certain achievements or just by lasting a certain number of days right mm-hmm. like the first character you unlock you have to survive like nine days or something mm-hmm. and and then you unlock that character and oxygen not included i don't think there are unlocks mm-hmm. i've also right. just not let everyone die i've already given i've either just given up and quit or gotten excited and wanted to have a restart Right, like, right. But I've never let everybody just die because it, it breaks my little heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's also interesting, and and this game I'm about to mention is not a, a clay game, um, and will probably have its own episode at a later date or something. So I don't mean to get too into it, but it kind of hearing you talk about it kind of reminds me of Kerbal Space Program, in that you actually have to learn like real science to some extent yes. in order to to really play the game effectively like you don't have to become a chemist to play oxygen included no but you do kind of by playing it pick up how gases work yeah. and like you're talking about the different densities of gases you and, will you know? start understanding the laws of thermodynamics whether you intend to or not right, like. <laughs> right. well and it's kind of like with with curveball it's like I, <laughs> I tried to make a rocket ship in that, and my rocket ship, my first one, I hit launch or whatever, and it fell over sideways because... And then exploded. I, right, yeah. Or, well, then the next one I made, I put eight rockets on it because I was like, we're getting to space, baby. So I put <laughs> eight rockets around the shuttle, but I didn't band them together with anything. <laughs> and so as soon as we got into the air, it just became this like octopus of rockets that all flapped wildly and then just all exploded that's okay my second my first rocket much like yours my second i put a thruster on the bottom that was too strong and (laughs) it crushed itself from the bottom up (laughs) so the like the booster part crushed its way all the way through the top of my capsule and killed everybody and then just shot (laughs) off (laughs) because everything above the booster wasn't strong enough and the booster was way too powerful i was like i didn't realize that could happen (laughs) <laughs> right uh, but yes well, and, kerbal needs its own yeah yeah i don't oh, mean to get man. too much into kerbal as much as just to say that like yes. for anyone who may have played kerbal and not seen this you get and honestly just that ex- explanation you just gave also is another kind of way in which they're similar where in both cases you're managing these like adorably cute and objectively stupid little creatures right 
that you're responsible for. The duplicates so are a hundred percent advertised as clones and like as almost like <laughs> models. So like the Mima clone is a is a spunky and fun loving model that sometimes screams <laughs> and we don't know why. And it's like it's like that is a, a model of clone being sold to you. Like mm-hmm. like do you right. want the Mima model or do you want the Steven model? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. So how do you get more duplicants in, in oxygen? Do you create them? Do they breed? Uh, no, so they don't breed. Um, okay. The, but you do get, like, every... There's, like, a portal that you start the the game with that you're, like, three yeah, or yeah. guys pop out of. And every so often, it'll, like, charge up, and it'll offer you, like, a care package if these are if they're turned on. And you can... You get, like, one of three duplicants or an item or you can reject everything and like sometimes the item is really helpful like uh, a ton of water or like you know and it comes in water bottles or something or uh you know like uh table salt used for flavoring food which will give you guys a morale boost or something or maybe like a baby critter egg or something and then there'll be three different duplicants uh, that have randomly generated traits, and you can pick one of them or not. I generally reject my first couple few until I'm established. And then even... Actually, I probably reject 90% of them once I hit, like, 12 duplicants. I have a real hard time getting past that number is where I start getting things just get out of hand. And I either run out of food and starve, or I have plenty of food but no oxygen, or I have food and oxygen, but then my base overheats. Well, the oxygen is not included. It's correct. I don't know it if is you'd not. seen that on the box. Okay. And I don't I don't think I've gotten it as a care package either. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> you have to create it in some way or another. Right. Um, um so yeah, oxygen not included though. Super cool game. Um it's like again, it's like like I said, if Fallout Shelter was a real game or just you know, I don't there's a lot of games that are kind of colony simulation and, and something that Brett and I have talked about before is kind of like the the ant farm effect of things or where you just get sucked into watching things happening. And Oxygen Not Included certainly has that to it, but Oxygen Not Included is a very involved game. Whereas, like, I don't know, you play like a, you know, like, again, not a clay game, but like a City Skylines or something, which is not quite the same, more of a city builder, a little bit bigger in scope. Right. Um, but I don't know, like, you, you end up just kind of hanging out and watching a lot. And then... I mean, I, pr- I probably included, hang out and watch quite a bit. You think so? Yeah. I mean, okay. Not in the I mean in the early game you want to be on top of things and be particular about stuff, but it's also not like it I think it's less brutally hard in the beginning than Don't Starve and maybe mm. maybe overall, but it it's still difficult, but that difficulty doesn't start right out of the gate. Gotcha. Like and at least like so like maybe kind of sort of like the first big mistake you could make is not building bathrooms on your first day. Right. Mm -hmm. And then everybody Mm -hmm. pees everywhere. Um, And then the first mistake you can make in don't starve is thinking that night is not going to be pitch black, right? That it's just going to be a shade of gray. Like most games nights are, or that, I mean, even if it was a shade of gray, like whether you can see or not, the game just kills you you for being in the darkness. Correct. Yeah. I went back to don't starve. I don't know, a week ago with a buddy and, uh yeah, I died on the second night, I think. <laughs> uh cuz I left the base and 
I was out searching for gold mm. and I went way too far and didn't pack a torch or things to make a torch with yep. and couldn't find it. Couldn't find yep. like by the time I decided, oh, I need to start heading back to the base. Too late. It was too late, and I thought for sure I would encounter a a grass patch and some twigs right. to make a torch. And I didn't. I just never did. Oh, and then night came and I died. And I was like, wow, that's. <laughs> but I mean, so that's like, that's like the first thing that you learn, even if you know nothing and you refuse to look online. Right. The first thing you probably learn is the darkness kills you. Right. Yep. And in, in oxygen, not included, you probably learn that you need to take care of your duplicates needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they won't all die. And, like, you can fix that. Like, just because they pee everywhere, you can fix that, right? And mm. you learn that and you keep going. And, like, it it actually takes a lot to kill them. They're surprisingly resilient. Like, they will get mad and hurt having to climb up, like, a 400-degree ladder. Um, <laughs> but they can do it. Okay. They don't like running on a hamster wheel in a carbon dioxide environment where they can't breathe and they have to hold their breath while they run for a minute straight. <laughs> but they can do it. <laughs> there may be a little bit of masochism involved. I was going to say this. Uh, this is. Do you know why? This is like evil overlord. This is not is evil this overlord. Is. This is sometimes you gotta you gotta work the hard work. You gotta enjoy the suck. You know. That's literally <laughs> what evil overlords say exclusively. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not pain. This is this is character development. This is hey, here's this the is deal. Building if you don't go up the four hundred degree ladder, everyone dies. If you do, you get the life saving algae we need to make oxygen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we'll work on trying to deal with the hot ladder situation after we get through the everybody's about to suffocate situation. <laughs> this is what I'll say. I'll say people should absolutely be coming here for information and interesting discussion on video games. People should not be coming here if they're looking to elect you president, because <laughs> I don't need that. They don't need that. We don't need 400 degree ladders and you shrugging. That's not what we need. <laughs> That's not what we need. And you're going, well, well, which way do you want it? Neither. I don't want it any of these Right. Ladies. I didn't want neither either, but the volcano erupted, <laughs> right? I didn't know. I didn't know. either. God. I didn't know that <sighs> the volcano was going to erupt next turn. <laughs> please never play prison architect which i know you're morally against I am. but that's good because if you applied this set of morals to that that's the darkest game ever created. they're not clones in prison architect they are honest citizens that just need some rehabilitation these they're guys not are honest they're all criminals these guys are <laughs> mutated clones all of them have defects they have consciousness they, no you don't know that <laughs> Wow. <laughs> they all have major genetic flaws. <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> so a, a game that I don't know if you have any experience with it, but it's another clay game, and it's actually the first one I ever played, is uh, Mark of the Ninja. Did you ever check I that one out? I don't think I did. If I did, I did not play it for very long, because it, okay. it did not imprint upon me. Um, it is an excellent game. It's... Which... You know, listeners don't probably all know my history of gaming, of course, but I am very bad about not finishing games. Like, it it happens to me a lot. In fact, if I get to the end of a game and I'm mad about how it's ending or the last fight or whatever, I'll just walk away at literally the last boss and, and flip the game off and be done with it. Um, 
And Mark of the Ninja is actually one of the few games that I, I actually played all the way to completion and finished. Um, it's a really, really, really good stealth game. It's a 2D um, side-scroller type of, type of game. And you play as a ninja, surprise, surprise. But it it it's a stealth game through and through. Now, you do constantly, like, assassinate guards and, and that sort of stuff. But it's... It, you you don't fight anyone straight up. You have to hide in the shadows, wait for them to walk by, and then pounce out and like assassinate them or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's just a it's a really cool game that it's not fair to call it Metroidvania because it's not that you don't you don't go back through levels ever, but you do gain upgrades as you play. I guess maybe you could kind of compare it to like a Mario. I was gonna say it gain... also looks a lot like uh, maybe not as refined since it does look like an earlier version of one of their titles. It looks kind of like a, a gunpoint to me Mm. um yes um gunpoint yeah that's probably i mean you're definitely a ninja and not like you know right and it's not yeah it's it's not gunpoint but yes that that's not that's not a bad because there is a lot of you looking at a situation and then assessing how you can play with that environment in order to get where you need to go. And you can do that in creative ways. It's not just a set path. Right. Uh, and to be clear, when I compared it to Mario, I just simply mean like in Mario, how you get, you know, the Cape and then you get Yoshi and you know what I mean? Right. Just stuff like that, where you find upgrades that improve your ability as you go. Um, but similar kind of thing. There's like different tattoos that you can get and different uh, gear pieces that you can get that change how the character works. So, Maybe it makes it so that you can't have a any throwing stars, but you get extra smoke grenades or you know stuff like nice. that, like little choices that you can kind of make or kind of fine tune it. Um, but yeah, anyone that that's interested in stealth title, I highly highly recommend it. it it's a real time kind of game, which I bring up because of their next title, which is not. But um, but yeah, it's it the art is is lovely. Now it's not cutesy in the same way that Don't Starve and, and Oxygen Not Included are. It's a much more kind of serious art style, I guess you could say. Um It's still quality though. I, it I is. like it's, it a lot. I like the it, the depths of tone that they are doing in a in a dark, quote unquote, shadowy game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still some comical moments. I mean, the guards are, are all buffoons. So, it, you know, there's funny moments that kind of come out of the gameplay with that, where the guards get tricked or like one of the things you can do is scare a guard. So you can, you can like kill a dude. And then there's another guard maybe down at the bottom of a ledge who's, or, you know, yeah, at the bottom of a ledge or whatever, that's, you know, standing watch. So you kill a guy up above him and then you throw him, the corpse over the ledge and it lands at the other guard's feet and then he has a, a breakdown and panics <laughs> and starts running because he's terrified. And then you can hop down and kill him without having to have stealthed first. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, me and my duplicants is not nearly as violent as you and this ninja. You know, throwing guards off cliffs. Except that in your world, you're, like, effectively God, <laughs> where you have control over this and you set up 400 degree ladders for people. And then shrug all over the didn't place. didn't mean to. In my world, I'm playing a ninja who's been attacked, whose people have been attacked, and you're trying to get revenge, and you're trying to save yourself. We're talking, and... like, Pompeii levels of I didn't know the volcano was going to explode, all right? Like... Yeah, I, <laughs> I get it, but, I mean, do the people of Pompeii think that that's an all right explanation? 
No, but they had. The... They don't get you because they're dead. Well, wow, you know. Wow, well, I did not say that. I did not. Th- say you implied that. it. No, you implied not. it. Duplicate no, I did massacre. Not. <laughs> None of my guys have died. <laughs> That's because you quit before I they really came. Love to say. <laughs> That's the other thing is oxygen not included does allow you to like save and load to some right, extent. It's, it's it is not as starve. hardcore as Don't Starve. Yes. Um, and yeah, Mark of the Ninja is a very, it doesn't have those kind of difficulty things built into it at all. You can die and reload. But it is, it is saying a lot to say that, because I only know of like four games you've beaten and two of them were in the same series. (laughs) What are those? Uh, the other Ninja Gaidens. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I have beat those. Yeah. And then. I did GTA five. Oh, okay. That's five now. So brothers, right? Oh yeah, Brothers okay. Tale of Two Sons. Yep, that was good. That was good. Uh, oh wait, and the the one um, I beat Axiom Verge, Shadow of a Colossus. I was gonna say Atreyu and the yep. Dying Horse because yes. that's yes. never ending story yes. time. Okay, so there's like really? ten games that you've beat. <laughs> that's <laughs> out of probably not far. <laughs> out of like fifteen hundred. I, I have like two hundred games, and I probably beat about one hundred and fifty of them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, this is a complete tangent, so whatever, what but I realized recently that, that, and really, you know, someday we'll do an episode about loot boxes and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we keep teetering on it. It's yeah. just, it'll actually just be 10 minutes out of every episode. <laughs> right, yeah, and the listeners can splice it together <laughs> right. if they like Stitch to get our full together. take. But, but, we'll, but so what I, I realized, though, is that, and the reason I bring that up is just the whole gambling kind of tie-in. And I realized that for me, like, actually buying games is is actually like a form of gambling for me because Cause you once never in a know while, what you're going to get. Yeah, well, once in a while, thank you for calling me Forrest Gump. <laughs> once in a while, I, um, you know, I find a game like these, like Don't Starve or, or Mark of the Ninja for me. Now, Oxygen Not Included, I haven't been sucked into in the way that you have, but for you, it's this example where it's a game that just completely captures you. And time evaporates, and I can't wait to play it. And especially if I can get other people involved with right. me, uh, like friends or whatever, then it like it's just so much fun. Like, it's just, you know, it it's people call it like chasing the dragon or whatever when they talk about drugs, but it's like that for <laughs> I, games. I get it, though, because it, it's like that experience, like, in one of these style games, especially with these progressive revelation-type games. When you yeah. get something and you get that aha moment, you get excited that yeah. you can, like, use it, and, like, I figured it out, and I know what to do, and I can take advantage of this. And it's like, when you find a game, like, I didn't know the first time that I downloaded don't starve i think you may have recommended it to me Mm -hmm. um but i would seen it like a couple other people i think had talked like mildly about it or i saw it in like a total biscuit review or something and but it wasn't like i had knew a lot about it i knew very very little and i didn't know when i went to buy that game i had no expectation of like this game i'm gonna sink 200 hours into right like because there's games i've done that before with right like oh man Spore is going to be one of the greatest games ever made. And you go into it thinking that, and then it is one of the worst games ever made. And you hate yourself for it, that you've spent seven (laughs) years following. Ah, anyway. um, (laughs) But I didn't know that going into Don't Starve. And and then when it is that, it's this, like, kind of... I don't want to call it, like, a freedom, but there's this excitement that's, like... 
that is like a, a nervous giddiness, like night before Christmas feeling like I found a really good game. Like, and I didn't yeah, even I, mean to. I mean, I don't know how, you know, immature or bizarre or whatever. And I frankly don't really care because it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, there's just a, a, a sentiment I can get from, from games, a feeling that I can get when a game really, really gets its hooks in me that I just can't get otherwise. And, and, and so, and maybe I shouldn't say can't get otherwise, but it's one of the easiest ways to access it. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, when I say that my Steam library is that, it, it it's because, and that's why I compare it to gambling a little bit, because it, what it is is that I see something that's intriguing, and then, and now to be clear, I've also just bought a ton of Humble Bundle stuff, well, so yeah. that's where the most of that library comes from. But But either way, I'll see something, think it's intriguing, try it, and if it hooks me like that, it's a lottery win. Right. But the truth is, is that a lot of games don't. And it doesn't mean that they're bad games or that they're not worthy of, no, of being played or anything. there are decent games that... Yeah, well, and, and also just games that for other people it was their hook. Right. And it just wasn't for me. And that that's fine, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why... That's why I... That's my explanation for why I don't finish a lot of games is because I'm just kind of... I'm just kind of rolling the dice looking for that hook. And honestly, even if a game has me hooked... Once that hook falls out of it, I'm kind of just I'm kind of just good on it. Like I don't I don't I don't care anymore because it's that hook is what I'm looking for. It's that feeling of um, of yeah, just I, I mean probably probably unhealthy like quasi addiction well, level. <laughs> I would definitely say there, there's something kind of to be said for the fact that like oxygen not included and don't start both fall into this like they're not casual games, they're hobby games. Like mm-hmm. you're not gonna beat Don't Starve in a day. New You're not getting, or a week or right, especially I don't know a month. I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much you play. Right, I guess, but. but it it is a it is a game that you have to invest a lot of time in to really understand the mechanics and to abuse those mechanics to make progress. Like because mm-hmm. you do have to. There there are tricks to getting around certain enemies and using certain items where maybe you can only use it six or eight times, but if you know the exact right time to use it, that's all you need. You know, right. and and like the pan flute to put asleep a giant to light dynamite underneath it. Like you can, there are ways to get through the game. That's but it's hard and it takes a long time. And and each day takes like what is it, fifteen minutes Something for like for that, a day yeah. night cycle. And so yeah, like thirty days is not even a year into the game and right or an in game right. year. Right, right, right. But that's still a lot of time to invest, and that's a lot of, uh, you know, to go through. So I'm sure speedrunners have done it in decent amounts of time, but you're not going to just play for five minutes a day. Right, right. Well, so I actually, that's, I actually tried to watch some speedrun videos of it because I was curious. I I was actually just curious about it myself, and I'm like, I need to check that out afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually less interesting than I thought it would be. Um, a big part of that is because so much of it relies on map generation. Uh, so if they start next to gold nodes, then that's a great start. Yeah. And there's a good chance that they're going to knock it out. But if they don't, then what can, you know, they have to run around until they find gold. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and just kind of different stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and basically they, the speed runs that I saw weren't speed run through the starting map. And then all five of the additional right. maps, it was like beat, the bosses of the overworld. So there's like three bosses that they beat and that's it. It's like, meh. Eh. I mean, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Obviously speed running is, 
infinite as far as the rules. Yeah, that you for can sure. Do. So there There's might be speed a, runs yeah. that are more engaging, but um, but anyway, yeah. It's just so. Uh, I just, I guess, yeah. They're just they're they're not a game that you're going to play for five minutes and feel like you got somewhere. Neither one right. of them. Don't starve. Nor oxygen not included. You can fast forward time in that one, which is a little bit better. But still, I mean, like a hundred cycles is nothing and that's like and they're about the same length as don't starve days you can just go up to like 3x speed and so five minutes instead of 15 but still 100 cycles you can get through you know in a day and that's barely getting started right right um yeah i I would say that there's probably other examples this probably is a, a bad statement i guess terraria is a good example of it i don't know it's just it it's i think that it's somewhat rare to find a single player only game which don't starve together is multiplayer right. but don't starve is not um that is as demanding as these are and they're not demanding in terms of you being able to execute certain jumps like platformers or something but just like you've been talking about the all the planning that can go into yeah, it you can and, pause and both games counting for all the stuff right but I mean, I feel like often, for me at least, where I found that level of attention to detail and planning comes in is is multiplayer games. Because that's where you have such a wide variety of possibility. Um, but these games kind of almost encapsulate that same level of, of hardcore requirement, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one other game that I, I've only played briefly, and I think you said you've, you've seen it played, if, if not played it a little bit yourself... Um, but the only other one on their list that I, that I've actually seen is, is Invisible Ink. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of an interesting idea. It's kind of XCOM-ish as far as the way it looks. So your isometric view and you're moving around a, a grid and it's a turn-based kind of tactics game. Um, and it's a stealth game. So kind of borrowing some of the stuff from Mark of the Ninja, you have to take enemies by surprise and that sort of thing. But again, it's all turn-based. Um, and it's a, a game where you play through the entire story in like three in-game days, which takes a few hours in real life. And as you when you play through, then you unlock new characters. Because I think you get three characters per playthrough. I think so, yeah. So you rescue new characters or unlock them, however, and then now you can use them in future playthroughs. So it's a it's very much a, a roguelite type of game. It is also randomly generated levels. Those three days are not like easy to get through. <laughs> it is also another. They, Clay seems to be becoming well known for deceptively easy to get. Like the game loop to understand right. the loop is really easy. But then to master that loop is just an insane level of skill. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Invisible Ink, um, it was cool, but but I will say that's actually what kind of turned me off was I for that style of game where you can like build a team and that sort of stuff, I just had the wrong expectations going into it, probably because it was compared to XCOM, and XCOM is this really long game where you're building this team over a long period of time, yeah. and the six guys that you send out to fight you might have 18 others at home that you could change in and out and invisible link just doesn't, it's not designed that way. No. And not that it should be. Um, I just, but again, if that that's kinda, what you're thinking you're getting into, that's, that's kind of right. setting up a weird expectation. It's kind of like, uh, again, not a clay game, but kind of like FTL faster than light. Yep. Like it's, it's in a similar boat where the whole 
ideas that you're going to continually play through over and over and over again and unlock things through multiple playthroughs. Whereas, I don't know, I'm not as interested in something. And to be clear, Oxygen Not Included and Don't Starve, maybe it sounds like they're in that category, but those require you to play through multiple times because you're not winning. Right. Like FTL, you're supposed to win and then still start over. You know, and same thing with Invisible Ink. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that Clay is is one of the, the, the cooler indie developers out there. I love their unique art style. I Obviously, the sound design, like we talked about, is amazing. And I think just the the their commitment to difficult games is really cool. Um, well, yeah, they I'm definitely have broken the mold in a number of different ways. Like, like Don't Starve does a lot of things different. It challenged... Yeah the survival genre by making hardcore the only option like a lot of survival games hardcore is like the ooh, i'm a macho i'm gonna play a hardcore game well they actually call it hardcore and don't starve it's just called yeah it's just don't (laughs) that's the only thing that's all you have and and so hardcore that like there is no save backup you can back up your save if you like ahead of time move it but like it instantaneously updates everything that's happening in the game and like Mm -hmm. on top of that with an art style and a mysterious story that is only like they don't have like it's not like a box art back where they talk about like oh you the mysterious wilson getting trapped in rah, rah, rah. like the story is played out through silent movies and bits of patch notes and like kind of this cryptography sort of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, like the cute fun art style but also like a very sketchy art style which was different a very reminiscent of like older hand-drawn cartoons and the the sound score and the music and the just the idea behind the game everything is this kind of subversion where you're not really sure if this is supposed to be funny or cute or scary and it's actually supposed to be all three and, right. and it's supposed to be curious and it's supposed to make you think. And it's like, that's a lot to do in an indie game. You know, that's, all, that's right. a lot to push forward. Like most indie games push forward maybe one of these. You know, they want to push forward art or music or one specific game loop, like a braid or something, right? I was just going to say, yeah, uh, braid. And, yeah. and Clay went out and did like half a dozen in one game. And on top of that, being an early access title with continual support, the amount of support that is still coming out for that game is second only to like Terraria, where the number of update content updates and bug fixes have been consistent and on par with the things that the community wants. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. And I, I highly recommend anyone who's not played a clay game, to, to check them out because again they've got they've also got such a variety of genres don't starve is not like oxygen not included is not like invisible ink is not like mark of the ninja and i would assume that those games are not like eats munchies or the shank series that we haven't played yep. um and then in development I they have, have rift lands and eats munchies i own it but i don't know that i've ever played it i've just seen it because i always thought it was a weird name and until today didn't know it was a clay game yeah i think i have played it not for very long, but I think I have played it. Yeah. I'm interested to see. They got a couple of titles coming out soon. Looks like Hot Lava yeah. and Griftlands. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what those are going to be like. Because Clay has yeah. been pretty much nothing but stellar. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that I, I, I can't think of another indie developer that has this 
quality of a catalog. Like, obviously, the Terraria guy is awesome. Terraria is an amazing right, game but... that both of us love, but they've never made anything else. Well... I also want to say it's while it's not we discussed a, a lot about the blizzard polish, right? Yeah. I would almost say that clay has a similar thing but more so for game mechanics and loops. Mm. Like it just seems like the loops that are in their games are loops upon loops upon loops of depth that you right. can get sucked into and have fun figuring out just one piece of it and and try to position that in a way that helps you with the whole game and and whereas you know they have their own art style which is still definitely polished all oxygen not included has thousands of items and animations mm-hmm. and it, it is a lot of individual pieces of tiles and artwork and items and stuff in it um but it's not it's not like super 3D glossy polish it's it's a different kind of of uh cleanliness like it's a different kind of yeah. like they stick to their style so hard and they take it to such an yeah. extreme that it's probably second it's pretty close to to blizzard level polish on, yeah. on how they like the how they make their mechanics work i would agree with that and i mean honestly the thing with blizzard is that I think all of their games now are basically multiplayer games. I mean, obviously you can play through StarCraft campaign or or Diablo single player, but all of them are, I mean, StarCraft is balanced around the multiplayer. That's what's still updated, not the campaigns. Right. Same thing for Diablo. Um, So Blizzard does have a high level of polish, but Blizzard is also, also making multiplayer games. And so, I don't know, it it can be, mechanic-wise, it can be harder to, to make things as nuanced, I think, because there's an accessibility that they have to consider. Whereas with Clay, again, some of the games Don't Starve Together is obviously multiplayer, but generally it's pretty much only single player, and so they don't have to cater to a mass audience in the same way. And it's definitely balanced. I mean, a lot of players. It's also balanced around the single player, where Don't Starve Together is not balanced around the multiplayer. It is. I actually, I would say that's when I had the most fun is when I had another buddy of mine who lived, you know, some states away. Uh, He and I played every night for weeks. I don't even know. It was probably a whole winter that we played. Did you play on the, did you play on the normal difficulty where it's still hardcore? So yes, ghost? we did. And, and the ghost could help. And I think we restarted. We didn't play in the same world the whole time we were started. We'd both died a couple few times. Um, but eventually by our third time, now we did end up playing with mods, but I was mm. very, I'm very particular. And that's a whole nother episode. I'm particular with the mods that I put in. I wouldn't put in anything that seemed like it was cheaty Easy. or, more than a base level game thing there were a couple of like semi-realistic things that i would want to put in there um like just being able to make charcoal at a cooking pot Um, right because you feed it like three wood you get one charcoal is just because planting tree planting a hundred trees just to burn them down all it was was time consuming it's not difficult so i would put like a mod like that in but Anyway, it, it, that we did end up playing a modded game, but I think we got to like day 200, 250, something oh, like that. Wow. Like we killed cool. almost all of the giants once, and the ones that we didn't kill, because there are a couple of them we were starting to kill twice, but we didn't kill a couple of them because they like ran away or just, or we ran mm-hmm. away from them. I'm pretty sure we lost our base a couple of times too, but. <laughs> right. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, well, I think that, 
like I said, everyone should check out Clay. There's a game for for any type of gamer, whatever Absolutely. you're into. I think they offer something. Um, and yeah, actually, I was gonna to do a little plug, uh, which certainly I don't know if Brett, you want to plug your your stream as well, but. <laughs> Uh, for any listeners that are uh, interested in hearing more of me, <laughs> uh, Walker, that is, I also have another podcast called The Walk Show, uh, which is available you know, on all the streaming platforms and everything. So uh, if you're interested in more, definitely check out The Walk Show podcast. It's really good stuff. Uh, I think uh, I think I might know a few of the few of the guests on there at times. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's on The Walk Show several times. A couple. A couple. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. It's no, excellent. I love it. Um, I meant you being on the show. I wasn't talking about my, no, I, I mean, I, I, like... I, I do genuinely oh. love your show though. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very, very generous. thank you. Um, and yeah, did you want to promote your stream? Um, or you I mean, you know, that? I'll, I'll throw it out there. I haven't been streaming as much lately. Um, sure. but I am on Twitch under quantum underscore X underscore anomaly because my normal name was taken. Um, and like three variations of it too, but I do stream <laughs> occasionally out there. Um, I've been playing lately, uh, some level head, uh, as well as some Starcraft. I've been thinking about putting some oxygen not included out there, but I'm really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's, maybe, it's, maybe, it's kinda, maybe, you know, we'll time some streaming of that when, when this episode yeah, releases possibly. or something yeah. and then people can check it Throw out. out there or either way, play some Starcraft um, and, and do some ladder games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's man. good stuff. Cool. Well, we'll we'll have uh, in the show notes. We'll put links to that stuff as well, so you guys can find it easily. Yep. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, Clay Entertainment is uh, is what this is all about. And uh, yeah, get out there and play it. Pick up your sticks. Have a good one.